Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. In your praise, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, you are everything this morning, Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, musicians. This morning you can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. The presence of the Lord is here. Amen. I feel it in the atmosphere. Amen. How many know God is on the move? And what God is doing is supernatural. It's not natural. It's supernatural. How many understand that God is a supernatural God? He doesn't move the same way we move. He doesn't do things the same way we do things. So if you've got your Bibles and your notes, get ready for Matthew 19, verse 26. Jesus is speaking to some men and some disciples, and they said, Is there anything impossible for God? And he says, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Amen. With God, all things. How many does it know it says all things? And that means anything is possible with God. So see that again. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I want to talk to you this morning to your spirit, not your flesh. Our spirit needs the word. Amen. How many know the word of God cannot be received in our flesh? Our spirit has to receive it. And God has a word for your spirit this morning. He wants us to get past our flesh. The reason some of us may not be seeing the move of God that we want in our lives is because we're walking in the flesh. You're thinking like a carnal person. You're trying to do things in your power. And God doesn't operate like that. God operates on another level. And he wants us to get up to that level. And that level comes by faith. Amen? So I want to talk this morning, if you're taking notes, about it's supernatural. Tell the person next to you, it's supernatural. What does that mean? As you start to look at the Bible, everything in there is God doing something supernatural, meaning unexplainable. How many know the thing that we're looking for right now, or at least I am, I won't try to speak for you, the rapture of the church is the next event on God's calendar. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking very forward to that. And I'm, every day I wake up, I hope it's today. I, like I said, I don't care what, if you get excited or not. That's what I'm looking forward to. And that very event is supernatural. The Bible says this corruption will take on incorruption. And the gravity that's holding me on this ground is going to be lifted. And I'm going to be out of here. You can stay here if you want. But I'm going to be out of here. How many more believe you're going to be out of here too? How many want to, how many want to get out of this world and go to a place that God has prepared for us? Oh, if I could give you a little bit of a picture of what it's going to look like here, you wouldn't even be thinking twice. Amen. So you talk about the rapture. Well, that's kind of hard to believe, but it's supernatural. I started thinking about some of the things in the Bible. Everything about our faith is supernatural. God... God doesn't do anything normal. Everything he does is, I want you to believe that I can. I want you to come up to, to, to a place that's not you involved, but it's your faith involved in me. In the natural, we can see things happen. 
But when we do things in the natural, we get what we can get. I mean, no, you can do a lot in the natural. You can, there's a lot of talent in this place to have careers, to make money, to play sports, to sing. There's lots of ability in here. But when you go in your ability, you can get what you can get. But there's a limit, and that place has a, a ceiling. But with God, anything is possible. For starters, I start thinking about when God said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. Just by speaking the word. How many know that's supernatural? And the earth was formed and the stars were thrown into the sky. How many have been enjoying these beautiful nights? These beautiful, cool nights, by the way. Does anybody like the beautiful, cool nights? Amen. Remember, you already had your summer. It's my time. Amen. We believe that God spoke to Moses and he grabbed a stick and put it in the water and the sea, the Red Sea opened. Do we believe that? That's supernatural. That, that the, the laws of gravity, the nature of water would build a wall on two sides that now even science is telling us is a fact. They've discovered pieces of wheels and different things in the, underneath the, dead, the Red Sea where they fit, know that it was those carriages or chariots that were caught by the enemy once the, God's people went through and then the water fell on them and they got left behind. Amen. How many believe that happened? That's in the Bible. It's supernatural. How many remember Gideon? Gideon's going up against an army of 135,000 men. That's a big army. And guess how much his army was? 32,000 to start with. 32,000 men against 135. That's less than a fourth of how many people he had. And God said, you know what? That's too many. Whenever, whenever you have a little in this place, be, you know what you're in good position. When you have a little in this place, a little faith or a little finance or a little bit of, of joy or a little bit of whatever, you're in a good position because God can do a lot with a little. If you step into the supernatural and begin to see things like God sees it, he says, I won't get glory if 135,000 men lose to 32,000. You'd think that, that would give glory to a lot of people. 32,000 against 30, He says, no, it's too many. And they go down to 300. And those 300 men defeat him. And they didn't even defeat him with swords. They didn't defeat him with their hands. They defeated him with their praise. They just began to praise the Lord. And they started fighting against each other. And, and, and I just want to remind you, sometimes we hear those Bible stories and we think, oh, they're just Bible stories. Well, back in 1967, that happened in our lifetime, and all the nations came against Israel, and Israel defeated them all in six days. So the supernatural affects the natural. Here's the definition of supernatural. Here's what I want today for you. I want you to believe greater and have more faith for things that you cannot control. How many know that a lot of times, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, we try to do a lot of things on our own power. We try to fix things. We try to make things right. We try to find peace. We find, try to find joy and in our own power. And like I said, when you do it in your own power, you get what you can get. And God is up there waiting and saying, I just sure wish they would believe in me because I'm a God that has no limits. There's nothing that I cannot do. 
There's no life I cannot transform. There's no body that I cannot heal. But I need them to believe in the supernatural. Here's the definition. Of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe. See, we see things right now. I mentioned sometime in the last couple weeks, I don't remember which message, that the spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm we're in right now. Just tap your hand or pinch yourself or elbow the person next to you or do something physical, okay? Not too physical. Don't get in a fight. We got some rough people in this place. Don't get us mad. That's physical, but the spiritual realm is, is more real than what we see physically. The reason I know that is, besides all the verses in the Bible, how many know if we live to be 100 years, that's a long life, that's just a blink of an eye in the eternal span of God's kingdom. So everything that we know physically is on a very short term. But spiritually, in the supernatural, eternity is, great, is a time we can't even fathom in our natural minds. Have you ever tried to think of eternity? We can only go so far in our natural mind. God wants us to get to a place where we go beyond our natural thinking to God's thinking and God's ways and, and begin to tap into a power that takes our ability and our talents and doesn't throw them away, but takes them to another level. Imagine your talents and your ability with God's provision and God's blessing and God's hand on it. So listen to that again. Of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe. As I was driving in today from Decatur to here, I saw what, something I love, and it's always going to give me a headache trying to figure it out. I was going by a valley, and it was this thick, white cloud right there at eye level. How many of you have seen that in the mornings? Maybe you weren't up early enough. But it's amazing to see that because I always think if I got out of the car, I can see it with my visible eyes. But if I got out of the car and went and tried to grab it, there's nothing there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's just a little picture. It's a little picture. God uses creation to see little pictures of what it's like with the physical and the supernatural coming into existence together. Here's another part of supernatural definition. Departing from what is usual or normal, especially as to appear to transcend the laws of nature. Everything God does changes the laws of nature. Let's look at John chapter 3. I'm going to read a familiar story here about Nicodemus. And I want you to see some things. Notice I noticed the word, said the word see. I'm going to give you a little heads up of what, how this is going to finish. I'm praying that God will give you eyes to see this morning. In the, in the spiritual, not in the natural. Amen. To be able to see beyond today. I'm not talking about being a fortune teller. I'm talking about being able to see what God sees for your life. To be able to tap into the supernatural and understand what Gideon understood when God told him, you're going to go against that army of 135,000 with 300 men and you're going to praise the Lord and, and clap and shout and they're going to turn on each other. How many know Gideon had to have some spiritual eyes? Anything that I've ever seen God do in my life, big, took eyes of faith. Not carnal eyes, not carnal understanding, but eyes of faith. 
where you hear something, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and when you hear it, your flesh is crucified, your spirit rises up and says, I believe that can happen. I believe that money can come out of nowhere. I believe that a tumor can disappear. I believe that a marriage can be restored. I believe that a drug addict can be set free. Beyond what I see to what I don't see. And we see this in this story as Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night. And he's he's the ruler of the Pharisees. and, And watch what this next verse says. And this man came to Jesus by night because he was ashamed to come by day. And this is very important. Catch this. He says, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God. How many of you would like the people in your neighborhood, at your job, and even your family to know you are of God? There's something about you operating in your life that they say, you're of God. There's something different about you. We talked about that Wednesday night with the anointing. We want people to know there's something in us that's different. Listen, when God is in you and his supernatural power is working, people will recognize God in you. And they won't only recognize God in you, they'll want the God you have. Or they'll hate the God you have. Depends. Could be both. But he says, we recognize your teacher. Why? For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Why do we need to believe for the supernatural? What sets us apart from everybody else in the world? The supernatural. How many know that there there is dead religion and there's real religion. There's relationship. There are people who believe today, and it can offend them all they want. And I'm going to get to this in a second. People can believe all they want in their God, but if their God don't do nothing, he's dead. Can I be bold enough to say that people's gods are dead? But my God is alive. And the reason I know my God is alive is because he does things that no, nobody else can do. Right? How many are following me? You can claim all day long, my God, my God, my God. But he said that you're doing something that unless God is with you, these signs don't happen. Let's keep reading. And Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot, watch this, see the kingdom of God. God wants us to be able to see with spiritual eyes. Let's keep reading. Nicodemus says, here's what we do. But how? The, the, the greatest enemy of God's move is how? How? How are you going to do that, God? If Gideon says, God, how? He loses the battle. All throughout the Bible, you're going to hear, read stories where God says, go do this or go do that. And if they go, how? Guess what? He moves on to the next person. How many don't want God to pass you by? We need to get past the how and start to say when. When, when do you want me to do this, God? Not how, when. And he says, how can a man be born when he's old? How can he enter in a second time to his mother's womb and be born? He's thinking in the flesh. He's not understanding the spiritual. He's saying, how can I physically go back into my mother's womb? And he says, I... Uh, I say unto you, unless one is born again, I'm sorry, born of water and the Spirit. By the way, just to make this simple, the water is when you were born. The water broke. You came out. We established a few weeks ago we were all born. Amen? 
Everybody here was born? Okay. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless someone is born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. God says, I am a supernatural being, and if you want to come to where a supernatural being lives, you must become supernatural beings yourself by believing in the Spirit and being born again. Reborn. Mentally, spiritually, physically. Reborn. A whole new way of thinking. And that's what a true disciple begins to do. Let's keep reading. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Is it possible, church, that a lot of people are sitting in churches and are there physically, but they have not been born again? Sure it is. Maybe too many. Maybe way more than there should be. Physically in a church, with a Bible in their hand, notebooks maybe, even tithers, even pray, people that pray, but they have not been born again. And they're still in the flesh. And the Bible says, if we're in the flesh, we'll get what flesh gets. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Verse 7, this, sorry, verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes and where it goes. It says, so is everyone who's born of the Spirit. What this speaks to me is God is telling us we can get to a place where we stop questioning and we just start saying yes. I don't know how you're going to do it this time. After 30 years, almost 30 years of serving God, I don't know how he's going to do it. I just know he's going to do it. Amen? I just know he's going to do it. Nicodemus says, here we go again. How can these things be? Some people are just going to stay there forever. Some people are just going to stay in the, well, this doesn't make sense, and I can't figure this out. And, and while they're sitting there doing this, God's somewhere else. Looking for somebody who will believe. Amen? Looking for some. How many know God's looking this morning for who, who's here who will catch this? And start to walk in a supernatural realm of God's power. Amen? And then it says, verse 11, oh, Jesus' answer says, are you a teacher of Israel? And you don't know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and we testify what we have what? And you do not receive our witness. I have told you earthly things and you don't believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? God wants us to have a heavenly mind. Now, he doesn't want us to be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. But he wants us to understand that this is not it. Church, everything we're doing today is working towards eternity. Which, remember, I reminded you a few minutes ago, is way longer than this. How many know we should be focusing more on eternity than we are on this earth? Because this is going to pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You know, we believe there's a story in the Bible of a widow who comes with her son and meets the man of God, and she's got some sticks and some flour and some oil, and the man of God comes to her in the book of Kings, and we're not going to read it, but I'm just telling you the story, and he says, hey, what do you got there? She says, this is our last meal. We're going to eat this and die. The thing I love about serving God is he's a God who turns lasts into firsts, nothing into something. And that's the cool thing about serving God. I, I, I love it. I love serving God. I, it doesn't mean every moment is easy, but it's, it's, it's been an adrenaline rush to be in the ministry for 30 years and have to trust God over and over and over again and see God come through over and over and over again and never fail. 
because he's a supernatural God. Amen. This side over here is getting a little bit more than they are over there. So I'm going to preach over here. Amen. Y'all are getting it over here. What's the resistance over here? No, you're just listening, right? I know, you're just listening. So the story says, hey, take that meal. Give me some of it first. And then you're going to go and cook it. And then you're going to have enough to live on. How many know that's supernatural? How many believe this morning that Jesus Christ came down from heaven and was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was put into Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit and Jesus was born without the seed of a man? How many believe that this morning? That's supernatural. That's quite supernatural. I'm just trying to throw out, I mean, there's thousands. I'm just trying to throw some out. We believe that Jesus walked on the Sea of Galilee physically. And Dwayne did a great lead, and he didn't know what I was going to preach. And he talked about Peter following Jesus and seeing Jesus out there. And what did he have to do? He had to speak to his natural man and say, I want God to do something great in my life right now. So I'm going to leave my natural man behind, and I'm going to walk in the Spirit. And God's going to do a miracle. And that's what I felt a couple months ago when that amount came up. And I thought, man, we could just trust God. And I'm just going to step out like this and see what happens. And then I preached that message a couple weeks ago. And then with just in a few hours, God says, it's solid ground. Don't worry. I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't worry. I'm going to confirm my word. How many, are, how many know when you're preaching the word, it's great to see his word confirmed fast? He could have waited till the end of the month, and I still would have believed. But I was really shouting, thank you, hallelujah. And me and Carla were shouting in the car that day, knowing he said, don't worry, I got this. Peter stuck his, hand, his foot out and hit that, and it was like, oof. And then he said, let me do this again. When did he fall? When he went back to the nature. When he went back to the carnal man. When he went back to his flesh. As long as he was in the spirit, he was walking on water. As soon as he looked at his flesh, he looked at his circumstances, he looked at the situation, he looked at the waves, he could have took his eyes off Jesus, he went back. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? How many believe, watch this, that Peter actually really physically went and fished for a fish and pulled out a physical, see, the, the super, God does the super and we do the natural. We do, he goes and fishes, puts his line in, and grabs an actual fish, and when he opened it, there was a coin inside of it. That's the kind of things God does. That's why we can do what's called a faith promise. We can say, if God will put it in my hand, I'll give it. And that's what many of us have done. And he's done it over and over and over again. I'll never forget Nestor and Priscilla. They had just came in, and they, by their own admission, were not totally saved yet, not sanctified by, for, at any, any rate, right? Still figuring things out. And he caught something in a service when we were taking a missions offering to send him by land in, in, the Kenya, in, the Kenya, uh, in Kenya, Nairobi. And he caught it as someone just walking in, just barely coming in. But the Spirit... Hit his spirit. And he said, I, I'm going to give to that. And he made a faith promise for $1,000, and we gave him a blanket. And that money came in, huh? Supernaturally. It's, 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 it doesn't matter what your social status is. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It matters if you hear the voice of the Lord and connect his power with your spirit. That's when supernatural things happen. Did you know the world believes in the supernatural? Sometimes the world, I think, believes more in the supernatural than the church does. 
Could that be possible? And there is a supernatural power. Satan copies everything. He can't create anything, but he copies everything. We know in the Bible, Moses throws down his rod and it turns into a snake. And the magicians do the same thing. They, mock, they copied the, the miracle. But God always comes out on top. God says, do it again, and his snake ate theirs. God's going to win in the end, amen? You might have some setbacks. The devil might come against you and lie and, and forfeit. And you know what one thing he can't forfeit? For, not forfeit. Uh, what's the word? Fake. Uh, there's another word I'm looking for. It's not coming to me. Forf. What's the word? Not counterfeit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. College degree helped. Amen. All that money helped. Amen. Counterfeit. Hallelujah. See, I need a college degree. Counterfeit. One thing the devil cannot counterfeit is the presence of God. Amen? He cannot counterfeit the presence of the Lord. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We believe that Jesus fed over 5,000 men, not including women and children, with five loaves of bread and two fish. We've seen that happen in our own church many, many times over. When we've done food events, there was one specific I don't even remember what, what day it was or what we were doing, but it was something we were feeding people between services. And it was a big day. It was an outreach day. And by the time the first service was over, we had no food, no meat. People in the kitchen saying, we're out of meat. And God is my witness. By the time that second service was over, there was meat. Amen. Am I telling the truth in here? We didn't go to the store. There was meat. Enough to, y'all, you don't, you don't even believe it. See, you believe it from the Bible, but you don't believe it here, do you? Go ask somebody. There was enough meat to feed everybody, and meat was left over. How do you explain that? It's supernatural. I could spend the rest of the entire message giving you examples of my own personal life. But watch what Hebrews 11:6 says. This is very important. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He says, I, I, if you're on my team, you must believe in the supernatural. You must tap into believing in something that you cannot do in your own power. And here's the great news. If you feel powerless today or you feel down or you feel like you don't have anything going, you're in a perfect opportunity for God to step in. Perfect opportunity for him to come in and show you his power. He's just looking for willing, willing vessels and it says, for he who, but this is interesting because the first verse we read said that nothing was impossible for God. So what's the, what, what happens here? Faith, or the lack of, is what keeps God from moving. God is looking right now in this place for people to have faith. To, to, to not look at the situation or the circumstances, but to look to God who's greater. He says, without faith, you can't please me. But if we want to please him, faith pleases God. And when we believe, like Dwayne said at prayer, you're here praising and worshiping. Maybe you're clapping. You're singing. You're just loving the Lord. And you're in a dire situation. You've got sickness in your body or you've got a family member that's sick or your bank account's in the red or whatever it is that's going on in your life and you are praising the Lord. God sees that faith and it pleases him. How many want to be God pleasers this morning? Amen. 
And then he says, for he who comes to God must believe, and this goes off last Sunday's message, that he what? He is. He is what? Go listen to that message last Sunday. He's everything. He's everything. The whole message was about who he is. And he is, one thing he is, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Come on. Don't get mad at somebody who's getting rewarded for their faith. Get happy for them. Don't get jealous. Don't get upset. Say, thank you, Lord, and help me get that faith. Maybe you know somebody and say, can you pray for me for faith? Say, pray for me. Lay your, grab their hand and stick it on your head. Pray for me. I want faith like you have. And God will move. There was a story in the Bible I want to I end with here about Elijah. And this kind of led up to this a second ago. that We can say with boldness, my God's bigger than your God. My God's bigger than your God. There, there's lots of gods, made up gods, but there's only one true God. And Elijah in the Bible in 1 Kings, we're going to read the end in a second, but I don't, put, don't want to put it up yet. I'm going to give you the last part, but I want to kind of tell you a little about, about the story. He is in a place of despair, actually. And he's coming off of a, of a victory, and he finds out that there's 450 prophets of Baal who are believing in other gods, and they're mocking his God. When we go out on Thursday nights, people go to the square and preach. People flip us off, screw out on their tires, yell crazy things. That's always going to happen. It's always been happening. And these other gods are mocking Elijah and his God, and he says, I'm tired of this. Sometimes you need to get tired of the world mocking your God, and you just say, God, stand up and show up. Amen? Stand up and show up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my God to, the, to, to show my God how powerful he is. He says, well, here's what we're going to do. Choose today who you believe in. Do you believe in my God, the God, or do you believe in your gods? Some people have so many gods, they don't even know what their names are. We have a lot of names for our God, but he's one. He is everything we need. So he looks over, he says, hey, we're going to do a little test here, and I want you to make a, a, a burnt offering, and I want you, because they understood what that was, I want you to get a bull, and I'm going to get a bull, I'm going to get wood, and you're going to get wood, and then we're going to call on God, and whoever's God is real is going to consume that altar with fire. They said, you good with that? And they said, yes, let's do it. So he says, you go first, you start praying. And the Bible tells us in that story that the prophets of Baal start praying and screaming and dancing and shouting. And then they start cutting themselves and blood is gushing everywhere. It's in the Bible. And nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And Elijah actually gets some boldness on him and says, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's tired. Maybe he's busy right now to answer you. And they go on and on and on and on, and nothing happens. The fire, the, 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 the sacrifice stays the same. Now he comes over to this, and he says, now, I'm going to call on the God, the true God, the living God. But before I do, I'm going to show you how powerful my God is. And this is important right here. He says, I want you to get some water. And, and if you read the scriptures and find out what the seifs mean, it means about two gallons of water. How, does anybody ever, has anybody ever tried to light a fire with wet wood? Some of you needed the fire to light. It don't work. He says, I want you to put water on the sacrifice. 
and he pour on two gallons of water, two to three gallons of water, saturating the wood. And then he says, I want you to do it again. Now listen to this part right here. This is important. Someone's going to catch this. Sometimes it seems like water is being poured on the sacrifice, and we go, God, where are you at? And sometimes it feels like everything's going wrong, and everything just gets worse and worse. Is it possible that the situation you're going in right through right now and that God is working on, he's allowing even more to come onto that situation so that when that gets consumed and the testimony happens, all that water that came on was just more glory for God and more testimony for what you're going through? Is that just possible for anybody? Did anybody catch that in here this morning? God's saying, I'm going to put more on there so it's even a greater miracle. And he puts that water on there. And he says, do it a third time. And then he calls on God. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 38. And the Bible says, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And when they all saw it, here's why God does miracles. This is why we need to believe for the supernatural. They fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Let God do supernatural things through your life so people will say, The Lord, He is God. That Jesus you you worship is God. Amen. In that same chapter of the, of the axe, oh, how about an axe floating? Anybody ever seen an axe float? Heavy. They go to the water. They go down, right? Anybody have an axe here? I know we got some nature people in here. That axe is going straight to the bottom. In another story in 2 Kings chapter 6, you can read it later, this guy loses his axe head, and it was borrowed. Have you ever borrowed something and it broke? There's nothing worse then borrowing something you don't have, and then it breaks. So not only do you fix what you needed to fix, now you owe somebody something you don't even have to give in the first place, or you wouldn't have borrowed it. Well, this axe head is borrowed, and he goes to the man of God, and the man of God says, come here, we're going to show you how powerful God is. He throws the stick in, and the axe head goes up to the water. He says, grab it yourself. He pulls his axe head out. Victory. But right after the victory... Do you have any mature Christians in here? Right after the victory and the triumph, what happens? What happens after a victory? Another test comes. If you've been in here very long, you're going to realize you're always in a battle, coming out of a battle, or going into a battle. That's life. Just realize it. And the faster you realize it, the faster you get out the battle. If you stay there and cry about the water being poured on, not only are you not going to get out of the battle, you're not going to get the great breakthrough. God wants to bring you through, and he will bring you through, just like he has every other time. But you've got to believe. It's supernatural. So I close with this story. After he does that awesome miracle, which would be pretty cool, the Syrian army comes against him. And... They begin to make war with the Israelites. And this is supernatural too. As he's surrounding Elisha now, this is Elisha under the anointing of Elijah, 
he's surrounding the, 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 the Israelites. He is tipping off the people in the Israeli army to the Syrians what they're doing. And the Syrian king says, how in the world does this guy know what we're going to do? And he says, he knows the very secrets you're talking about in your bedroom. How many know God knows everything? And he gets to this place where he comes, and we're going to read this, 2 Kings chapter 6. And I want you to see this. You didn't see anything else this morning. He sent horses and chariots and a great army. So this army is coming against Elisha's people. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Maybe right now you feel like everybody's against you. Maybe you feel like it's all bad. It's all negative. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army. He just came off a victory, and he wakes up to an army surrounding him. Surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said, Master, what do we do? How many are thankful, by the way, to have somebody sometimes who will give you a word from the Lord on what to do? Amen? I love coming to church and hearing a word from the Lord on what I should do. And he answered, and I love it when this is the answer, don't be afraid. Don't fear. By the way, do not fear is in the Bible 365 times. One for every single day. For those, someone's going to catch this this morning. For those who are with us, are more than those who are with them. Our God is bigger than theirs. Our army is bigger than theirs. Don't be afraid. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, and this is what I pray for you this morning, open his eyes that he may see, see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, watch this, and he saw... That's my prayer that every single one of you will see this morning. Not with physical eyes, but spiritual eyes. And behold, watch this, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of... See, they had chariots, but God's army had a better chariot. Chariots of fire. All around Elisha. Can you just look around today and see God's armies all around us, God's angels all around us, God's provision all around us, God's protection all around us, God's favor all around us, God's healing all around us, God's hand all over us. Can you see it? And then it says in 18, so when the Syrians came down, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike this people, I pray with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of the Lord. Father, this morning I pray you open our eyes. Open these men and women and teenagers' eyes to see supernatural things. To see with eyes of faith. Lord, if we would all get to a place where we want nothing more than to please you with faith. And we learn to look at our situations and our world and our country and everything that we're facing with eyes in the Spirit, God, we can do great and powerful and mighty things. And Lord, we declare this morning that you're also blinding the enemy right now. And you're confusing the enemy with our praise and our worship and our faith. Lord, we know that the enemy's mad at what God is trying to do in this place. 
But we're not afraid of the enemy because greater is he that is in us than the enemy that is in this world. And no weapon formed against us will prosper. Great is your faithfulness this morning, Father. Lord, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, and those that are watching online this morning, God, I pray that you would have them to see with eyes of faith. You said in your word, the just shall walk by faith, not by sight. We, we can see today, God, but it needs to be through spiritual eyes. We need to be able to see what you see. We need to be able to open our eyes like that young man did and see that God's armies are all around us. That a thousand will fall on our right and ten thousand will fall on our left. That you've already finished the work, that you've already, you already know the end from the beginning. How many in this place this morning, before we open up these altars and ask God to give us vision this morning, could say, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I, I don't know where I would spend eternity if I died today. I have not done what Jesus said where I have been born of the Spirit by putting my faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary where He took our place. The Bible says we're separated from God because of our sin, but Jesus took our place. And today you can accept His sacrifice. He's the God of Elijah. He's the God of Elisha. He's the God of Moses. He's the God of Noah. He's the God of creation. He's the Savior of the world, and He's in this place right now, and He's knocking on the door of your heart. How many right now, with honest hearts, would say, Pastor, pray for me. Just lift your hand and say, I need to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior this morning. Just put it up. I see your hand. How many more? All across this place, how many more? I believe the Lord is speaking, God. I see your hand. God is speaking to hearts. How many more? Please don't leave this place unsaved. If you could see for one second what the, what's coming to this world, what the Bible prophesies and shows is coming to this world, you wouldn't even think twice about surrendering your life to God. Perilous times, the Bible calls it. That's not to scare you. That's to warn you. How many more? If you died today and breathed your last breath, you don't know where you'd spend eternity. You can be sure today. Jesus looked over at the thief on his side and that thief looked back at him after mocking him and making fun of him and something came into his spirit and he realized he was lost and he said, would you remember me today? He realized like that centurion did, I, you're the son of God. And Jesus looked back at him and said, today you will be with me in paradise. That's the grace and the mercy of our God. How many more? Maybe you're here this morning and at some point in your life you said that prayer, but today you are what the prodigal son is. You are backslidden. You're not walking with God. You have left your inheritance and you've gone to your own ways and you're doing your own things. Maybe you've never, never made a public confession of your faith and said, I want the whole world to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many can say, that's me? I need to come home. I need to come back to the Lord this morning. Just lift your hand. Put it up and put it right back down. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? We're going to pray with those watching online in just a moment. I want to ask everyone just to stand, if you would, and stay in this 
atmosphere of worship and this atmosphere of reverence to the King and the Lord that's here dealing with our hearts. If we could see everything God wants us to see, we would look at this world different. The Bible says that we should every day be coming more like Him and less like this world. Closer to the light and further away from darkness. If you'll remember that verse I've been telling you for weeks now, that's been in my spirit, Acts 26, 18, open their eyes. Turn their hearts from darkness to light. From the powers of Satan to the powers of God. Today there's a world out there that is in the clinch in the hand of Satan. And most of us in this place here today were there not too long ago. But by God's grace and mercy, on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or some small group or some place, you, you had your eyes opened. Please don't take for granted what God did in your life when you gave Jesus your life. Please understand what you've been saved from. Please understand that none of us deserve it. The closer I get to God, the less I realize I don't deserve His love. I'm not worthy to be in His presence. I'm not worthy to call Him God. But He tells me that I'm His own. He tells me, I love you, son. No matter what you've done, God will take you just like you are this morning. Maybe you didn't raise your hand because you feel like there's some things in your life that you've done that God could never forgive. Let me tell you something. You need to read this Bible because there's nothing you've done that's not forgiven. There's nothing you've done that's pushed you too far away from God. There's nothing that cannot be forgiven. He says if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins and cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. Don't ever lose your all of who God is. If you raised your hand this morning, I want you to do one more thing. I want you to make a public confession of your faith. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but something's telling. If your heart's beating like this right now, it's the Holy Spirit saying, come on. I, 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 want, you, I want your life. Come to me. Give me your burdens. Give me your problems. I've, I'll take care of you. He's a God that never fails. If you raise your hand for salvation or rededication, I want you to find that nearest aisle and just come down here. We're going to pray with you this morning. All over this place. Come on. If you raise that hand. Just come on. Come on. Several hands went up. Amen. Let's give them a hand as they come. Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Come on. More coming. Amen. More coming. Praise God. Come on. Don't stop clapping, church. This is why we're here. This is why we're here. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is the most supernatural thing. If you guys will come over here into the middle, please. Come a little. What's up? Matt. How you doing? I want, I want the people online to see you guys, too. This, you don't have to face them. No, I, was, I won't try and embarrass you. This, this is the most supernatural thing that happens in life. This is the most important when someone's born again. I'm telling you, those tears you're crying right now are nothing compared to the great tears you're going to cry when one day, soon and very soon, we're going to be standing in the physical presence 
in that spiritual realm with a glorified body, with all of our cares gone, all of our burdens lifted, all of our pains erased, all of our physical ailments gone, standing together just like this, but in the literal. See, we have, a, we have the presence of God here right now, but I'm talking literally in His presence. He's here in spirit right now, but we're going to be in His physical presence for the rest of eternity. Um, we're going to get to hug Him and thank Him and touch those nail-scarred hands and touch His side where He was pierced for us. And it's going to make more sense then than it does now. But I see in the Spirit what God did for me. I see in the Bible, the Bible says that the hell is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible tells me that it's a place of utter darkness and separation from God. And that's what He saved us from. That's what He died on the cross for. So we don't have to go there because it wasn't made for us. The Bible says God made hell for the devil and his angels, his fallen angels. But we choose over and over to reject God. And today you're making the best decision of your life. And God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You've got people behind you that are going to stand with you. And now you're going to step into the spiritual realm of eternity. Amen. And the Bible says today your names are going to be written down in the Lamb's book of life forever. Amen. And the angels are going to rejoice in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. I want everybody to say this with me. Those watching online, maybe you're listening on the podcast. This is a biblical prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner in need of a Savior. Your word says that I fall short of your glory. And the wages of my sin is death. But your gift is eternal life. This morning I believe that you came down from heaven, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, shed your blood as a sacrifice for my sin you took my place on that cross because you love this world so much Jesus I confess with my mouth you are Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and I ask you to take my life be Lord and master today and make me a new creation in Jesus' name, from this day forward, I'm going to serve you and live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's thank the Lord today. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.